Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday. First and foremost, thank you all so much for your patience because the episodes have been gone, but it is time for season two of Brand Like a Girl, the podcast. I'm your host, Nia, Nia Imani. Y'all know who I am. And we just wrapped up a major rebrand of Brand Like a Girl. So please be sure to follow us on Instagram at brandlikeagirl.co, okay? I'll be posting everything um, on there. And also, we will be uploading episodes of the podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'm very, 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 very excited for season two, you guys. We have some amazing, talented women on this season just as we had on last season but you know I'm so excited for you all to hear these stories and I'm so excited to you know just be more consistent in the content that I'm creating the conversations that I'm developing and how we're going to be cultivating this community so if you are new to my podcast or to me brand like a girl is a community of creatives dedicated to providing you with the tools to grow a successful brand on and offline okay so we're just taking our personal experiences we're highlighting phenomenal women who have expertise across a multitude of industries and i just want them to share what they've learned um and how you can apply that to your endeavors despite industry despite interest we all are honestly connected by one common thread um so yeah that's just what's going on i'm so excited for this episode this was such a really really awesome episode that i recorded a few months back with ashley henderson of league 22 she's really bomb she was hella nervous to record this episode and i do not know why because she's literally a natural but enough with the chit chat let's get into today's episode and i look forward to hearing from you all or hearing you all um on thursday What's up, everybody? It's your favorite girl, Nia Imani here, back with another episode of Brand Like a Girl, the podcast. And today I have a special guest, and her name is Ashley Anderson. So Ashley has over seven years of event production experience in the Los Angeles and New York markets, specializing in brand activation, strategic programming, and project management. Ashley is a highly driven and detail-obsessed, solution-oriented event executor. With experience ranging from the highly coveted MAC Cosmetics Selena Collection product launch at America Bank, American Bank Center in Corpus Christi, Texas, to the launch of Mountain Dew Kickstarter during NBA All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles. Ashley has been able to shape her experience across several channels and utilize her expertise from the beauty to sports industry. So everybody, please put your hands together, well, your internet hands together for Ashley. <laughs> hi hey Ashley thank you so much for sitting down and you know talking about how you brand like a girl on today's episode absolutely thanks for having me I'm excited hey of course this is um this is Ashley's first podcast you guys first one so bear with the kid okay (laughs) great and this is going to be some great conversation because she's doing some great work that y'all need to know about okay so let's just dig in i want to know what's your story um what's your purpose and honestly what's your why oh wow okay (laughs) oh yeah like straight shot don't chase her um so my story well i guess okay so i'm from um pasadena california um then i moved to the inland empire so I'm definitely, you know, an IE native. Um, so I rep LA all day, especially being on the East Coast. Um, I went to Howard uh, for four years, graduated in 2011. 
majored in PR um, and, you know, pledged Delta Sigma Theta while I was at Howard. Um, And really, I just started grinding while I was in college. I interned at Interscope Records. I interned for Michael Eric Dyson for his radio show, interned for WHUR Radio in their promotions department. Um, So I just kind of like got into the events and PR and promotions world um, via that like internship channel. Mm-hmm. And then once I graduated from Howard, I was like, you know, I got to get back to L.A. because that's like the hub of Hollywood. That's where all of entertainment is happening. Um, that's And that's a city that everybody wants to be in. And so I'm so grateful to actually be from there um, and, and kind of know the ins and outs of Hollywood. Um, so when I went back, believe it or not, when I went back to Howard, uh, I mean, when I went back to L.A. when I gra- after graduating from Howard, um, it was very hard and very difficult to find a job, a full-time role, especially when you have a PR degree or like a school of communications degree or a journalism degree. I know all my journalists can feel me out there. You. <laughs> so, you know, school, like my like other like colleagues that went to Howard, they graduated from like school of B and they were like $70,000, $80,000 right out the gate, like right out of college. And that just wasn't my story at all. <laughs> I actually started after Howard started making $12 an hour um, at uh, this company called Hollywood Highland Center. And Hollywood Highland Center is like one of the largest entertainment centers in LA. It's the home of, it used to be the Kodak Theater, but now it's the Dolby Theater. So they're the home of the Oscars. Um, They do, they have the Chinese Theater. They do a lot of brand activations. Um, and of course the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So it's literally like the epicenter of Hollywood. So I started temping there um, and I just worked my way up and made sure that they hired me full time. Um, I started helping out like the events and marketing team um, and just assisting them with anything like, you know, they had any tasks they had, any like different projects they had. I just really made sure to get in good with that team. Um, would stay late after work to, to help them. Like, this is like additional duties beyond what I was like, my role was. And so mm-hmm. I just took advantage of, you know, seeing the types of events that they were doing. And um, I eventually got promoted to being the assistant director of events um, for the Hollywood Highland Center. And then promoted after that to director of special events for Hollywood Highland. So I got to oversee uh, Revolt, the Revolt launch. So when Revolt TV and Diddy came to Hollywood Highland, that's where their current studios are right now too. We used to do like, you know, takeovers and um, music concerts in the middle of the center. Um, I would work with like different movie studios to do the red carpet premieres at the Dolby Theater, Um, would work with brands like Nike, Disney, um, who else? Nickelodeon, so many different brands. Um, that's kind of how I got started in the brand activation world. Um, and one event I did was Matt Cosmetics. They like came to me and they were like, we need to like shut down Hollywood Boulevard and do like a large beauty event on the street. And I was like, okay. And they're like, we have two weeks to do it. Initially I wanted to go to uh, Santa Monica Promenade, which is another like event venue in LA. Um, but I guess they couldn't get the permit. Um, and so they came to Hollywood Highland and I just developed a relationship. We executed the event. You know, I had the relationships with the city of Los Angeles to make sure that they got their permits. 
Um, and the event was a success. And after that, it, like the rest was kind of history. They were looking for an event manager to to do and kind of run their brand activations on the West Coast. So I applied for the job, went through six interviews, I think, and I got the job. So that's kind of how I got started in like the events world. And um, it's so like, that's like my corporate side of the events. But then I also have like the personal side. Um, So I guess it's like, I don't want to like be, you know, too long winded. Um, Oh, it's shared. Yeah. But um, I started when, while I was working at Hollywood Highland, one of my sorority sisters, she runs um, her nonprofit called Girls with Gifts. And mm-hmm. she started doing events and I was like, let's do it. And so she, you know, tapped me to, to help her with, you know, doing um, like this charity annual charity bowling event that like Terrence J would host, Lance Gross would host, Karen Civil. Um, so that's kind of how I got started in that world too, like in Black Hollywood. Um, and then I was fortunate enough too to have two friends that I went to high school with um, who were drafted to the NFL. I started their wow. charity events. Um, and yeah, so it was cool just to be able to do events, you know, for my childhood friends and then also for my sorority sisters. And that's kind of how League 22 developed um, mm-hmm. outside of like my corporate events job. So, yeah, so that's kind of like how I got started. And now last year, I decided to leave Matt Cosmetics and mm-hmm. operate League 22 full time. And that's where I'm at now. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's really dope. I'm really glad you shared that because I love that you you want people to know that it's a journey. Like when people see entrepreneurship, they see it as everything that's glamorous and they don't see like the nitty gritty work and the behind the scenes that, you know, it really takes to 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 be successful in like, you, you know, your niche or, you know, what you're really good at. So I really love that you shared, you know, after graduation, because I'm in a place right now where I'm like, do I want to be an entrepreneur full time? <laughs> so I think that's dope that you shared that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. I wanted to know, can you let listeners know a little bit more about League 22 and its specialties and why you felt it was necessary for you to create this lane for yourself? Okay, so League 22 is um, an experiential events agency. Um, we focus on event production and execution um, also brand strategy. So just being coming from the brand side, just kind of knowing, um, you know, how to strategize and ideate creative and um, different event strategies and marketing strategies. Um, so that's definitely one thing that uh, we offer that's very near and dear to me since I do have like, you know, a lot of brand experience um, and then also talent relations. And that's just Stemming from um, the events that I've done, you know, in L.A., in New York, um, also just having a lot of friends in the industry, too, and having to play like publicist sometimes <laughs> with them. Um, and I would say our focus is, of course, um, I would say, of course, beauty, because that's like, you know, my most recent job. But also, you know, we've done events in music um, and sports, retail and philanthropy. So those are kind of like our main focuses. Not saying that I won't do any other events outside of those. Um, I would say for like my past portfolio, that's kind of where we landed as far as the spectrum. 
cool. and then what was the part two to your other what was part two question <laughs> yes i wanted to know um why you felt it was necessary for you to create this lane for yourself oh okay i definitely felt it was necessary because i was putting in so much work for another company that i was like i need to put in these same hours for league 22 and for my own brand and it just was time like i got enough experience like i'm not knocking the corporate life because that's definitely where most of my experience where all of my experience came from um and it was just time for me to pivot and i just felt like i've been doing events you know offline and online for since 2010 and i was just mm -hmm. like it's time for me to have my own company and i think it was i got enough experience and i had cultivated enough relationships that it was time for me to go out on my own and start utilizing those um, and I felt like I wanted to make sure I was in a good place before I did that though. So, cause I wanted my company to be in a good place. I just didn't want to start it off and just leave off the whim and not like no direction. Mm -hmm. So. Awesome. Thank you. So I know that you were just at BeautyCon LA and I want to know, um, how was that experience for you? I know you, um, you did host an activation or you created an activation. So I wanted to know if you could tell us a little bit more about um, that experience. Yeah. So this is BeautyCon is actually a unique experience because I came in on the first BeautyCon that I did was in 2018. And that was, I did BeautyCon LA and I did BeautyCon New York. And that was through Matt Cosmetics. Um, so we were um, a brand that activated, we were one of the largest brands and had one of the largest activations um, and sponsorships at BeautyCon. Um, so it was definitely a great experience to learn the ins and outs and being part of such a huge beauty festival. Um, so I was able to curate a really like dope activation with my team, with the Mac team. Shout out to them. I still love them, still talk to them all the time. Um, and when I decided to leave Mac, I also had a great relationship because I had to work hand in hand with them with the BeautyCon team. Um, and so when I decided to leave Mac, I told the BeautyCon team, I said, hey, I'm, I'm leaving Mac. This is like my last event with them. Um, and I'm, you know, doing my own thing now. Um, and so just having that relationship with them, I stayed in contact with them. They're like, you have to come work for us. You have to come freelance for us. You have to like come and do something with us. And so I was always down and always open. Um, so fast track to a year later, um, BeautyCon um, hired me to to help them with their Shopify, with the execution of their Shopify um, activation during BeautyCon Los Angeles. Um, and then they also hired um, me to do their influencer trip in partnership with OGX Beauty. So it definitely pays to, to keep and cultivate those relationships because you never know that may be your next client. So um, I was super grateful for that and super grateful for the BeautyCon team. Awesome. That's dope. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I wanted to know, can you tell us about a time that you failed and what lessons you learned from that? You know, it's so funny because I get this question a lot and I never know the answer to this question. <laughs> um, so I always, and like, I'm blessed to have so many successes and not saying that like I haven't had failures, but sometimes it's really hard for me to like pinpoint like where did I fail? Because like I feel like in the events world, like it's more so not necessarily failures, it's more so lessons. Just because you know that like 
there's something always going to go wrong. Like you should always have a plan A, plan B, plan C, because something is always going to go wrong and you just have to figure out how you want to, um, you know, react and how you're going to like fix the problem. Um, but I would say, hmm, as far as a failure, like when it comes to work, I think it's like, I would say I probably fail in my relationships, <laughs> in my personal relationships more so than like work. Um, but thank you for the truth. Yes, seriously. I would say I probably like choose the wrong people to, you know, share life with sometimes. Um, but as far as I wouldn't even really call them failures, it's just more so learning lessons, but just trying to balance, I would say, work in life and love and all of that. So. Yeah, that's definitely a lot to juggle sometimes. You know, are you a workaholic? Yeah, and like definitely. Like sometimes I just be like, your friends be like, can you hang out? And you're like, I'm working. Like, I don't know what y'all are doing, but I'm working and I can't. Are you that Always. Person? And I've been that type of person since high school. So my friends gotcha. know me and a lot of my high school friends, I'm still friends with to this day. So they're always like, Ashley's always been that that work person, that worker be. Gotcha. Okay. That's, I can, I can feel that. It's definitely, it definitely is an adjustment. I know. And like a balance and like making sure you allocate time, you know, for people that you love and not, you know, sending out emails at 10 o'clock at night. Cause that, I, that's what I do sometimes. And they're like, can you get off your phone and hang out? And I'm like, I would love to, but this email has to go out right now. And I think that's, imp- it's, you know, it's a lot of times people don't get that because in this, in these industries, you have to always, you know, work, I guess like 24 hours. It's, it never no one has ever sleep I feel like yeah so yeah this industry is definitely it will kill you so you have to make sure you take some self self-care time for sure definitely okay well what's been most rewarding in your work most rewarding I would say just being your own boss and like sometimes I like I surprise myself not that I don't believe in myself because I'm definitely confident in my abilities but sometimes when I finish events or finish projects, I'm like, wow, like a brand hired me to do, this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes just a reminder just to be like, I'm just thankful for the opportunities. And um, I never want to take any opportunity for granted. And I never want to get too big to where I'm like, oh, I'm not, I can't do this or I can't do that. Um, so I think it's just, I think that part is the most rewarding that just like, Fortune 500 companies like H&M or Mountain Dew or Pepsi or or even like BeautyCon is like, okay, we want to bring you on to help us. So it's always a rewarding feeling. That's really dope. What's the best career advice you've received thus far? Ooh, probably to remain humble and just do the work. Yeah, I yes. would say probably just do the work. Um that's probably the best career advice. And that's like from two of my like older sorority sisters who are bosses in their own right. One of them is um, chief diversity and inclusion officer for H&M as an Quibiri mm-hmm. and Antoinetta Harrison. She's producer at Tyler Perry Studios. And those are two people that I definitely look up to, definitely look up to their work ethic, like their mentors to me and one thing I've learned from them is just, just do the work and everything else will follow. Um, and they've never been like 
fond of the spotlight, if that makes sense. Like, and I feel like a lot of people, especially in this Instagram generation, um, people like, they think it's glamorous. They want the glamorous life. They want to sit on panels. They want, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's like, you know, the focus sometimes is, is off. Um, and I think that, um, it's important just to do the work and everything else will, will follow. So, yeah. Yeah, that is important. I know we talked about that a little bit before we began recording. Like you said, like it's an Instagram world and you can look like you're doing something on the internet, but like in real life, are you doing something? And that is important because if you're not really doing it, it will catch up to you. Uh And sometimes I don't even understand how some people can post so much. Even like my friends get on me about that (laughs) because they be like, you need to post more. I need to, there's so many events that I haven't even posted that should be on my feed, but it's like, I'm in the middle of working. I can't really like stop and take a photo right now because I'm literally trying to make sure this event is executed properly and trying to make sure that my client is happy. Um, and sometimes it's like it's it's such a, a challenge to to make sure that you're like getting everything out to the social media world, but then also like really doing the work. So I'm like the people. Shout out to the people that literally handle the social media world because I'm like, are y'all really doing the work? Or are y'all just posting on social media? Because I don't know. I had a hard time <laughs> balancing both. Yeah, that's very real. Yeah, I can see that. It can be overwhelming when you are doing the work and you're supposed to post. That's why, I mean, I guess that's why people do hire social media um, managers because, you know, at this point, they can't, You when you're so busy doing the work, can you really yeah, post, you know? exactly. That's very true. Okay. So I want to know, um, what advice would you give, you know, any young women, young men, anyone, honestly, that's interested in doing what you're doing? but they might feel that this industry might be oversaturated or they might feel that, you know, they don't fit in in this industry. What would you let them know? Well, first and foremost, one thing, like, I will say definitely find your true passion and true purpose. And like, don't just choose this industry because it looks good on, on TV or it looks good on social media, because just like any other industry, I'm sure, you know, that, it has its challenges, but like, this is something that you really should want to do, should really love doing, because it'll show in your work. Um, so I would definitely say choose wisely. <laughs> and then also um, get the experience too. I feel like I just responded to a girl on Instagram. She DM me like two weeks ago and I'm so terrible with responding to DMs. So please forgive me. Um, but she asked me the same question. Like she's based in Nashville, Tennessee, and she just wants more, you know, experience. And I think that it's just important to like find somewhere, like find a local, you know, event agency or a local brand that you can like partner with or like intern with or just volunteer with some of their events um, just to kind of get the experience um, because experience is key. And if you're in college, definitely take advantage of internships. Like that was like key for me. Um, and if you're if you've already graduated from college and you still need experience, I would say start be willing to start like at the assistant level or like the intern level or be also willing not to get paid because I did a lot of events for free. Like I would say probably my first four or five years after I graduated from college. 
So I did a lot of events for free just to get the experience and just to be in certain rooms with people that I now have like great relationships with and those same people I can like call on if I need them. Um, But that was also because I was willing to do the work for free and pro bono just to get the experience. And I've noticed that a lot of uh, kids nowadays, I guess I could say kids because I'm old now. But I've noticed that a lot of um, younger people nowadays, like they just want to be, they want to go from zero to 100, like real quick. (laughs) Like you got to start at the bottom and I hate to say it, but like you do, you have to grind, you have to grind Mm -hmm. and that's where you're going to get your experience. That's where you're going to get your learnings from. That's where you're going to get your relationships. Um, And that's, it's really going to shape you and mold you into a person that can like really handle this industry because it's not an easy industry. Like, um, you know, events aren't easy. Like brands are really giving you either a lot of their budget or they're trusting in you to like market their brand the proper way. Um, so it's definitely a lot of pressure. Um, so I would definitely say, you know, start somewhere with the experience that you need. Um, even like, I always say like go to a brand and that's probably because I went to a brand, but honestly being at Mac cosmetics and like Mac is under Estee Lauder companies and Estee Lauder is like a conglomerate that owns over what 20 beauty brands. So like working under them um, and it was like unmatched. That experience was like so unmatched. I learned so much that I also applied to league 22 and how I wanted my business to run. Um, So definitely like, Oh, and also to follow like event people. If you want to be in this world, like follow PR people. Like I follow Carleen Roy. She's amazing. Um, the work that she does. I follow um, Lori from Wife of the Party. Her work is amazing. I follow Melissa Andre, who's based in Canada. Her work is amazing. Um, so like find people that do exactly what you do and who have the experience and who have the clients, follow them, see what they do. Um, see the type of events that they execute, see their process. Sometimes they share it on their social media pages um, so that you can understand like what you're about to get into. (laughs) Thank you. I think that was really, that's, that was some, you hit it on the head. Like I think, no, not even, I think I know a lot of people think that their opportunities are going supposed to be paid. And I think it is important, um, you know, to know your worth and to add tax, but it's also sometimes you do have to be reasonable. Like, especially if you are younger, you have to understand that, you know, you're going to have to work for free. Sometimes you have to get that experience. And, you know, that free experience, a lot of times is it's okay because it's helping you build your portfolio and it's helping you, you know, gain more experience and be more seasoned. And it's honestly preparing you for, you know, your, not your big break, but honestly, like your big, your you know your big thing that you're gonna you're gonna agree so for sure never be too humble to do free work and don't so like money hungry because the money will come like Mm -hmm. for sure and I think a lot of times I've seen it just like with me building a team too is that sometimes like um you know I understand bills have to get paid trust and believe that (laughs) I've lived in two in two of the most expensive cities. So I'm very aware, but also too, it's like, mm-hmm. don't be so money hungry to the point where like you miss out on opportunities. Mm. That's yeah. real. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> do you have any um, projects coming up that you can share? Cause I know with this industry, you do have to, you know, some stuff is hush hush, but do you have anything coming up 
um, that you'd be willing um, to share with us? I just signed the NDA, which is crazy. So I share <laughs> the next project that I'm working on, but it's with a huge company. I'm super grateful to be working on this project. Um, and you guys will know about the project sooner than later. Um, and I am working on another smaller event, which is a beauty brand, and that's in Los Angeles. So I'm excited um, for the projects that I have coming up. So I can't really share too much, but maybe I'll circle back like when I'm allowed to say something, then we can debate. <laughs> okay, you guys got her social, so you'll yeah. see when it's time. Okay. So this is the last question before we get into the speed round. And, you know, because the podcast is brand like a girl and the root of that is just honestly, women are bomb. We do a lot of great things. And I want to know what, how do you brand like a girl and what sets you apart from others in your industry? Ooh, how do I brand like a girl? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like, um, I guess because I'm a girl boss. I don't know. I'm just not really too girly, like if you really get to know me. Um, but I would say putting other women in position um, to learn and to work under me and to be able to be a part of the different projects and experiences and clients that I'm working with. Um, I guess that's kind of how I married like a girl. Shout out to my team because my girls are amazing. Um Wait, I got to shout them out, though. Tay, Latrice, and Najee. Um, I love them dearly. Um, they literally come through in the clutch every single time. Um, so, yeah, so I guess putting other women in, in position because I want them to be bosses, too, when it's their time. Um, and there was a part two to your question. Oh, so what what sets you apart from okay. others in your industry? My, my memory is terrible. <laughs> Remember it's okay. Um, what sets me apart? Mm, I would say what sets what sets me and League Twenty Two apart is the fact that um, I would say it's twofold. I would say we definitely have we come from the brand side, so we have a lot of brand experience, and we're able to bring like that experience to the table. Um, being able to work on the venue side too, um, because you know, in this in this world, like venues and brand relationships are everything. Like knowing the different types of venues, like where you're going to have events at, um, making sure that it matches the aesthetic and aligns with the vision of the client. So, um, you know, having that experience from Hollywood Highland being one of the the largest entertainment centers. Um, in LA, I would say um, that's definitely an advantage, and I think that's what sets me apart is the is my experience. Um, and what else? I would say my flexibility and the willingness to like work with smaller brands and not just like even though sometimes I like post on my Instagram, I'll say like big brands only, but that's just something. But I definitely, if you look at my resume, um, I've definitely loved to work with like startups and in, in helping, um, you know, other businesses, especially black businesses, um, like see their vision and market their brand properly and, and being able to, you know, help them grow. Um, so yeah. Definitely. I love that. Thank you. 
Okay, so it's time for the speed round. Are you you have two seconds to answer these questions? Oh wow, okay. <laughs> okay. Ruby Woo or Fashion Legacy? Oh, Fashion Legacy. NYC or DC for brunch? DC for brunch. Who has the best HBCU homecoming? Howard. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay. What are some books we should be reading? Oh, I just started reading The Power of Habit, um, which is a great read so far. Um, I'm getting, I haven't really gotten to the nitty gritty yet, but that's just one thing that I'm trying to work on as far as um, breaking bad habits and like starting new ones, new good ones. <laughs> um, I love the book, uh, The 40 Day Prayer Challenge by Mark Batterson, probably such a life changer for me. Um, and what's a third book that I really love? I would say I just completed not too long ago, The Four Agreements. So those are probably a few books that I would recommend. Okay, I'm gonna definitely add those to my list of suggestions. And my last question is, what is a song you can't stop singing? Uh, probably. <laughs> what song do I be singing? I sing a lot of Drake and a lot of Fetty Wap and a lot of YG. So I can't really choose because it's probably the, within one of those three artists. But I would say Nice For What is probably like my anthem from Drake. I love that song. That is a good song. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank you. So where can the people find you? Because I know after this episode, they're going to want to come see, you know, what you have going on. So how could they get in contact with you? Um, They can email me info at league 22, or you can DM me, um, follow me on Instagram, love AMHXO. Um, you can follow League 22's Instagram page too. The handle's on, in my bio. Um, so yeah, reach out. I, I definitely will respond, even though it may not be right away, but I'll definitely respond and get to you some, some way, shape, or form. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. This was really, this was a great um, interview. Let's start there. Oh, thank you. You are, you are a natural. <laughs> Wait, are you done recording? No, I'm still recording. <laughs> you are, you're living a natural with this podcast, babe. So you did great. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. I was a little nervous. I'm over here sweating like, oh, wait, did I say it right? My phone is ringing. It's just a mess. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get my life. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to give this podcast a five-star rating. If you are tuning in on Apple Podcasts, that will help us out tremendously. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at brandlikeagirl.co. Um, yeah, so I look forward to chatting with you all on Thursday, and I hope you all enjoy the rest of your evening.